You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 24th, 2021. My name is Philip Rossmark. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the first weekend of the NBA playoffs, the play-in tournament, why it was such a huge success, and how it will benefit the Orlando Magic. And I'll talk a little bit about what we might learn from the San Antonio Spurs after their elimination from the NBA playoff, from the NBA play-in tournament, and why they teach us the limits of mid-range jump shooting. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on any of the teams in the playoffs? Right now, like the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets, or the Portland Trailblazers, all four teams in action tonight. Check out their respective team podcasts, like our friends at Locked On Heat or our pals at Locked On Bucks. They're kind of at at odds with each other right now, but don't worry, they're still our friends. We, we, We won't get caught in the middle. You can check out all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too. There's a Locked On podcast for you, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. Every day. Also, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast so you don't miss the big storylines and team previews and analysis uh, that you could find to break down the NBA playoffs. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You know, undoubtedly, uh, the first weekend of the NBA playoffs is probably my favorite weekend of NBA basketball. Um, You know, it really does feel like a completely new season, a completely brand new start to things, and it's just refreshing. Um, the regular season is a trudge. I know I know Steve Clifford hates to say hates call saying it's a marathon. He says it's an all-out sprint the entire way through. But you get to the end of the end of the, the race or you get through the middle of the race and it is a slog. Even if you're on the playoffs, but let alone the magic with with how far they down they were in the standings. Coming back to these games, um Kind of fresh, everyone's 0-0, it's a whole new start, and just knowing the intensity of these games, I think really changes the perspective of everything. The playoffs really do feel different. Um, you know, I, I, I remember um, when I was when I was in school, when I was in college, you know, I went away, um, and so I missed the 2007 playoffs, and it was obviously the first Magic playoff trip um, trip in, uh, in a while, and, and I missed the 2008 playoffs too, actually. And so I came home, actually, um, during a for for my cousin's bar mitzvah, in time to see game four, games three and four, I only went to game four of the 09 series against the Celtics. And I remember walking into the building. It was my first playoff game, uh, first Magic home playoff game that I'd attended since 2003 when Tracy McGrady was in. So six years, a six year gap. Uh, and I remember walking into the building and just thinking, I just forgot how intense the atmosphere is. Like you can. You can literally feel a buzz in the building, and and, and even more so because that was a second round game. That was my first second round Magic home playoff game since obviously 1996, as the Magic had a had a 12 year gap from 1996 to 2008 before they won their last playoff series. We're actually coming up on uh, 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 that kind of a milestone here soon, as the Orlando Magic have not won a playoff series since 2011. Uh, 
no, since uh, 2010, actually. So we're, you know, we're, we're at that 12-year gap between playoff series wins. So the Magic are certainly hoping to correct that very, very soon as this, this fallow period continues. Playoff basketball is truly different. Um, if you've listened to me on this podcast and I've talked about the regular season and I've talked about the playoffs, and they are truly completely different challenges. The regular season is very much about what you can do every single night. It's about consistency. It's about just finding a way to get through to the next game or get through to the next big moment and just and just staying in staying in the moment in a lot of ways and just you know kind of trudging through. The playoffs are all about the details. Um, you can go back and listen to how we talked about it last year when we knew that the Magic were going to play the Bucks um, for for a week. The Magic knew who their first round opponent was going to be for a week last year, uh, and uh, and. You know, I remember asking Steve Clifford, you know, is that, I mean, obviously the other team knows it too, but is that an advantage to you? You know, he said, yeah, I mean, he said to some extent, yes, because we can work on our playoff books a lot earlier. We can get those playoff books out to out to the players earlier. You know, the, 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 the playoff book in general is such a, such a, you know, as actually kind of like the first or second time I'd actually heard of the playoff book and, and what goes into the playoff book. Um, and it's literally you're studying every minute detail of a single team. It is a completely different challenge from the regular season. And, and as I've said numerous times, the playoffs are about what you can do against set defenses. When the other team knows exactly what you're running, when exactly what those details are, how can you beat them? What the Magic's game plan in Game 1 showed is the Magic knew the game plan to beat the Bucks. They just didn't have the players to do it consistently. Milwaukee made the bet that Gary Clark wasn't going to be able to beat them. He beat them once in Game 1, was not able to beat them in Game 4, and certainly not the rest of that series. Um, and that's why the Magic, I mean, the Magic lost that series because the Bucks had better players. Orlando had no answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo, despite what I thought was some pretty solid defense on him and a solid defensive game plan on him. And, and in a lot of ways, I think the Magic showed the heat. You know, again, I don't think it's any secret, but I, I think the Magic showed the heat that it was possible to beat the Bucks, and, 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 and the Magic revealed a lot. They just didn't have the players to get the job done. To say the least, that's what this weekend was all about. We saw stars come out and stars begin to shine. Whether it was Trey Young hitting the game-winning jumper to beat the Knicks or Devin Booker putting 30, what, 38 on the, on the Lakers in his playoff debut or Tobias Harris stepping up with 37, including 28 in the first half against the Wizards or Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum completely controlling the game against the Denver Nuggets in Game 1, or Dylan Brooks and John Morant having a huge coming-out party in their first playoff game as they down the league's best Utah Jazz. There is a certain amount of predictability about the playoffs. No doubt about that. The NBA is the most predictable sport in all the major sports. And as I tell everyone, it's not about necessarily who wins the championship. It's the journey of getting there. However, this year's playoffs does seem very open-ended. Um, and this weekend really showed just how exciting these po- this postseason is going to be. We, a lot of people don't think the Jazz are going to win the title. A lot of people think that the Lakers can beat the Suns as a 7-over-2. We've got a 4-5 matchup in Atlanta and New York, which is just going to be really exciting. Um, those two teams are about as polar opposites, yet similar as any teams that could match, match up. The Heat have proven they can beat the Bucs. Um, the Nets have played, what, eight, nine games together uh, 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 with, their, with their big three, and they're facing a Celtics team that, while inconsistent all year, has... One of the, ten, you know, I would venture to say one of the 10 best players in the league in Jason Tatum, and that always gives you a chance. There are storylines among storylines on top of storylines, and we all started to see them play out. Now, we all know this is not a single elimination tournament. We all know that 
there is still a long, long, long way to go in this postseason. Uh, in all these series. We're just one game in to each series. And so, there is still a lot of work that has to be done for everyone. No series is won yet, and we're just getting started. But the first weekend of the playoffs was absolutely exhilarating. It was so much fun to watch these games play out and watch these teams play out. And there's a lot more to come. This is going to be a postseason to remember. It is going to be an absolutely fun ride, and I'm really, really excited to get into it and really break down what's important here over the next few weeks. Like I said, we're going to do it at the end of the show. We'll talk about each team as they get eliminated, what they can teach the Orlando Magic. We'll see if we can gain some lessons from the postseason as well as, as it goes on. But right now, I think the most important thing is to just enjoy the games. And that's what we did Friday night with the play-in tournament. So I want to talk a little bit about the play-in tournament and why the play-in tournament was a success and why it's important for the Orlando Magic. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first adjust this here. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only Meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace can, has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and more than 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now, so head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors right now, plus the occasional limited-time flavor, but really, it's it's not about the flavors. I mean, the flavors taste exactly like they say on the packaging, which is I think is rare for protein bars. You know, I, I like I've said numerous times, I'm not a protein bar person. Uh, you know, working out is something I put on my schedule. It's 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 not not an everyday thing. I work out to stay active. I'm not working out necessarily to build muscle or anything like that. You know, I'm 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 a schlub podcaster, so I'm usually here in front of the microphone. So dipping my toe to the world of protein bars, is, is it really never was for me. Every time I'd look at the wrapping or the packaging, they'd be meal replacement bars, bars that are regularly 350 calories or two servings of 150 calories, stuff that, frankly, I can't afford because I don't work out that much. These protein bars from Built Bar are the exact opposite. Not only do they come in the nine delicious flavors that I told you about, they're covered in 100% chocolate, um, and they taste exactly like what they say on the, ch- on the packaging, they they're they're really good they're really good good tasting and they're relatively low calories. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein with just 
130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. These are not meal replacement bars. These are truly protein supplement bars. Give you that little kick after a workout to, to help, help build off your workout or just that little energy boost, that healthy energy boost you need in the middle of your day. I swear by these protein bars. I have one maybe every couple of days. And like I said, I'm not a protein bar person. So order today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So obviously Friday, we got the, or Thursday, excuse me, we got the end of the play-in tournament um, in the form of, actually it's Friday, you're right, um, in the form of that thrilling overtime win for the Memphis Grizzlies over the Golden State Warriors. Um, a game that showed both the value of a superstar in Stephen Curry, which we'll talk about a little bit more when we get to the Golden State Warriors, um, as well as the youth and potential of the Memphis Grizzlies, which we saw again on full display Sunday when they defeated the Utah Jazz in Game 1. The play-in tournament was a made-for-TV gimmick. No one's going to sit here and pretend that it wasn't. Um, It was an idea for the NBA to take essentially the two least valuable properties in the NBA playoffs and give them a little bit of intrigue. Yes, I know. The Memphis Grizzlies defeated the Utah Jazz in Game 1, just like the Orlando Magic and Portland Trailblazers defeated the one seats in last year's playoffs, too. But the fact of the matter is, only five times has the 8 seed beaten the one seed in the NBA playoffs, and only five times has the 7 seed beaten the 2 seed in the NBA playoffs. It does not happen. And so, putting these two spots in the postseason up for grabs for some kitschy made-for-TV made tournament... Not the end of the world. It's not the crisis everyone's making it out to be other than the extra miles that might go on someone's body. Now, I I think LeBron's criticism of the tournament was always unfair. I think that was always a bit of selfishness of like, why do I have to play these games? And of course, the Lakers took care of their business in that first game anyway. Mark Cuban's criticism was a little bit more fair, although also a hint of why do I have to be involved in this? I don't want to be involved in this. Um, his criticism that this was the wrong season to implement the idea, while well, I think he still supports the idea, is probably a fair one because this season was weird and taxing and everyone deserved a little bit of a break. But the, the truth is, the play-in tournament worked exactly how it was supposed to work. In six games, we got three just absolute classic playoff caliber games. And yes, they were all in the Western Conference. But even then... The Jason Tatum 50-point game was a fantastic postseason moment. These games delivered. The ratings certainly suggest they delivered, and the results suggest they delivered. The fact that the Warriors, as the 8th seed, didn't make the playoffs was proof that it, it worked, that there was really something on the line and that the teams that were outside the postseason could indeed make it. Just from a play... You know, just from a season perspective, too, it made every game in the regular season matter. If I'm not mistaken, of the 15 games played on the final day of the season, 13 of them had playoff bearing. And in fact, the Magic's game against the Sixers was like was one of the only two that had no effect on the final outcome of the standings. At least for the playoffs. Obviously, it had an effect on the outcome of the standings for the lottery, but you're not you're not actually playing for that. 
the, the truth is, again, this was made for TV. And the ratings suggest people liked what they saw. And sure, it helped to have LeBron. It helped to have Steph Curry. It helped to have those stars. But in another sense, the play-in tournament is meant for the teams on the rise, the teams that need these reps. The Memphis Grizzlies are not beating the Utah Jazz if they don't have to win those two games, if they're not feeling that momentum, if they're not feeling the confidence that a young team needs to win playoff games. I argued this back when we were discussing the playing tournament at the beginning of the season and we thought the Magic might be in it. I argued that this is ultimately good for a team like the Magic because it gives them a chance to experience playoff success. To be in a game like that with that much te- with that much pressure and intensity and to come out on the other side, that experience is only going to help you when you get to the postseason. At least I think it will. And that's where things stand. And so, yes, when I did think the Magic were going to be the seventh seed, I was like, this is still a good thing. I still want this. I want the Magic to have that success. Now, obviously, on the other side, the playing tournament remains a good thing for the Magic. You know, I looked it up. The Magic were eliminated from the playoffs at roughly the, like, 80% mark of the season. Last year, the 14th place team in the in the Eastern Conference would have been eliminated from the playoffs at like the 82% mark or the 86% or, or, or for the 10 seed for the 86% mark. It's roughly a four-game difference. And it, it doesn't feel like a lot. But what the playing tournament did is it kept more teams involved in the playoff race longer. And so if one of the goals for the playing tournament was not just to make this made-for-TV event, but to keep teams from taking and from to keep make to allow teams that are in the lottery to remain competitive and still have something to go for the playing tournament was a success was a success on that front too the fact of the matter is the magic are going to need some run up time to get back in the playoff contention next year is going to be an interesting one the team's going to still be extremely young Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz will probably be on minute on on some load management program as they come back from torn ACLs. It's gonna be a slog, and there's gonna be a lot of growing pains in the process. The play-in tournament, as always, as it did for every team, gave them a little bit of a longer runway, gave them a little bit more leeway, gave them a margin for error. And obviously, this Magic team still seems to have very little margin for error. That's a good thing for a young Magic team. That's a really good thing for a young Magic team. And the playing tournament is not going anywhere. Adam Silver's made it clear. He seems to think it worked. And again, every indication is that it did. And so it's going to be something that the Magic are going to have to play with and deal with. And something that is frankly going to help the Magic, in my opinion. One thing that will help the Magic, too, is a change in their offense. I don't know if I talked about this last week, but I'm going to go back into it. What the San Antonio Spurs taught the Orlando Magic about the limits of mid-range jump shooting. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, you're the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. 
with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed Skills Test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So, like I said, one thing I would like to do over the course of the playoffs is as teams are eliminated, break down what lessons the Orlando Magic can learn from them. Because obviously the Magic are at a beginning stage. They're at the start of their project. Um, The whole world is in front of them. The whole possibility of what this team can become is still out there. It's not done. It's not anything. It's still out there. Um, And there's a lot of ways this thing can go. And so, you know, I I did my piece on the Charlotte Hornets. I I may have done the Spurs already, but I'm going to do them again because I think the point's really important. Um, You know, I mentioned about the Charlotte Hornets, about how they were so good in the clutch. And and for teams in the middle, that differentiates and separates them. Um, and, and so I think it was really, it, it's important to kind of draw some of these, these lessons and these points out. And some of them will be big, um, like the point I'll make about the Indiana Pacers and Golden State Warriors, probably on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Uh, and some of them are small, like the point about the Hornets and the point I'm about to make about the Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs are the most elite mid-range jump shooting team in the league. You know, for, for much of the last five, six years, they have led the league in mid-range field goal attempts per game, and they've been top five or top ten in field in mid-range field goal percentage. Um, we're talking maybe 18 to 20 shots per game, according to NBA.com, but still, a, a significant amount. Uh, and the Spurs have been always very, very good. They, they obviously have one of the best mid-range jump shooters in DeMar DeRozan. They had LaMarcus Aldridge for a long time. This was a huge part of their game. And if there's a similarity between the Magic and the Spurs, it's in the mid-range jump shooting. The Spurs led the league in mid-range jump shooting per game. The Magic were third. That's the truth. The Magic were third in mid-range jump shooting per game. What's also true is they were like 18th. They were about league average in field goal percentage on mid-range jump shots. And so you have a team like the Spurs that's a high-volume, high-efficiency mid-range jump shooting team and a team like the Magic that's not. Obviously, the, the, the simple statement is make shots. If you make shots, you win games, your offense is better, yada, 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 yada. But the quality of shots matters too. Back when the Magic had one of the best offenses in the league early in the season when they were 6-2, and two, Everyone looked at the Magic and their shot profile and said, this is early season noise. They're taking way too many mid-range jump shots. They're not nearly efficient enough from three. This won't last. And indeed, 
by the time the Magic, by the time the Markel Fultz injury took place, the Magic's offense was coming back down to earth. And a lot of it was because, yeah, you couldn't rely on them to hit shots from the outside where the Magic ended up being, the, I believe, the second-worst three-point shooting team in the league. And you couldn't rely on them to hit from deep. And you couldn't rely from, from them at that point to hit from mid-range. Think of it this way. The San Antonio Spurs shot 44.2% from mid-range on, a, on, a, on mid-range jumpers. So let's say they make 44 mid-range jumpers every 100 attempts. You would only need to shoot 29.5% from three to make up those points. Even the magic could do that. So if an elite mid-range jump shooting team like the Spurs can't make the playoff field, why would the magic think they could do that with their group? This isn't me here saying that mid-range jump shooting isn't important. Especially in the playoffs, mid-range jump shooting becomes very, very important. But it is always the provenance of stars. Stars are typically the only players, and Nikola Vucevic was one of them this year, are typically the only players that make mid-range jumpers efficiently enough to make that a consistent and viable weapon in their games. Again, not saying you shouldn't be able to hit a mid-range jumper. But that cannot be the basis of your offense. That cannot be the basis of your game. The analytics tell us the most efficient shots in the game are layups, free throws, and three-pointers. That's where everyone is. Tre- that's where everyone is trending. And again, the math checks out. This is just this is this is math more than anything else at this point. Layups, three-pointers, and free throws are the most efficient shots in the game. The shots that you're going to get the most out of. And those are the shots that the Magic struggled with the most. Obviously not a great three-point shooting team. Positive sign after the trade deadline was the Magic were getting to the line a whole lot more. But the Magic's over-reliance on mid-range shooting eventually did them in. They were third this year with 16.3 mid-range field goal attempts per game, 18th in the league, shooting 40.3% on those mid-range jump shots. Again, the mad, this, that would be fine if the Magic could hit threes, but 27th in the league in three-point field goal percentage and 26th in three-point field goals made. After the trade deadline, 29th in three-point field goals at 9.1 per game. Only one of two teams to shoot fewer than 10, 10 three po- to make more than 10 three-pointers. And last in three-point field goal percentage at 31.7%. Again, how much of that is because of the roster the Magic were putting out and the players that are out? Fair question indeed. I bring this point up again because the biggest thing the Magic have to do is they have to find a way to modernize their offense. We've talked about it for a long time. Pace is part of what the Magic wanted to do, and they struggled with that because their defense could never get right and because they just didn't have the players to get out in transition. Young does not mean you're getting out in transition necessarily, but that is a big part of what the Magic have to do better at. Um, and they have to run through their offense more effectively. They need better spacing and better, better efficiency on offense, and that's going to help them tremendously. Because at the end of the day, as much as you want to get out in transition, your ability to execute in the half court is what's going to win you close games and is what's going to win you games in the playoffs. You have to be able to beat teams in the half court. Fast-breaking teams only go so far. That, that can be part of your attack. It's a necessary part of your attack, but it can't be your whole identity. You can't just be trying to run. That's what the Sacramento Kings tried to do, tried to do for a while, and it didn't work. Orlando has to be a better range shooting team. They have to be a better offensive balance team. And they can't be a team that relies on mid-range jump shooting. If that is their case, if that is the kind of team that they're going to be, they're going to continue to struggle. 
because the best mid-range shooting team in the league, the best mid-range shooting team in the league for the last several years, they struggle to make the playoffs too. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Like I said last week, I'm going to start going to uh, afternoon, early afternoon episodes. We'll be publishing these around noon each day. It's, I'm recording this now. It's about 12.30. Um, so be sure to check your inboxes or you check your uh, subscription feeds around noon each day, probably closer to 12.30, 1 o'clock. I, I will try and try and do that better, uh, try and be a little bit better about that and get them out a little bit sooner uh, than that. So, um, you know, during the offseason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan on doing like morning or, or, or early afternoon episodes, late morning, early afternoon episodes rather than doing it overnight unless there's some breaking news that really pushes me to, to, do, it, to do it overnight. Um, so expect, the, expect episodes in around 12, 31 o'clock each day. Um, so I want to thank everyone for their patience with that. I'm just trying to, trying to take care of myself a little bit more. Um, now that the season is over. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download. you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check out the Locked on Today podcast, where today the Knicks were left stunned and father time lost at the PGA Championship. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's good dude for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.